Welcome to the Nurse Becoming podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume RX, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Well, hey there. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda Guarneri. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am super excited, if you can't tell, to talk to Kat Golden today. Kat is the founder of Nurses Inspire Nurses. If you have ever seen the amazing merchandise, t-shirts, bags, mugs, candles with the logo of Nurses Inspire Nurses on it, this is the brainchild of Kat Golden. And the business that Kat has is not just a product-based business. It's not just t-shirts. There's actually a whole mission, community, kind of evolution behind this business that we're going to dive into in this episode that I am so excited to share with you. And beyond that, we are going to talk about this kind of concept of internal versus external problems and how to solve those problems and what happens when you create the space to solve those problems. So we are really going to get into it in today's episode. I am so excited again to talk to Kat and feature her today. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Hey, Kat, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I feel like we've been on a similar journey in the fact that we kind of started our businesses at the same time. So I kind of feel like we've been like sorority sisters throughout the process. Same, like cheering each other on like, yes, you got this. Exactly, exactly. So I've already introduced you a little bit, but I would love to hear in your own words, telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Kat Golden. I'm a nurse. I'm a businesswoman at heart. So I grew up in the Detroit metro area. I moved to Colorado for almost 10 years um, after I got my first big girl job. I have a business degree first. I went to University of Colorado. I've always worked in pediatrics. My best friend there actually had a daughter that was born with spina bifida, and that's kind of what pushed me to go into nursing school. My brother was already a nurse, so I was like, if he can graduate nursing school, I got this. So I'm a second degree nurse. And after I turned 30, something happened and I just decided to move back to Michigan. I truly still to this day don't know what it was. I think it was one of the first times that I really trusted my intuition. So I took a travel nursing assignment at Children's Hospital of Michigan. And when I was working there, that was when I really got every idea for everything I'm doing now. I just worked with the most amazing humans. Like they would do anything for you. I still am with them to this day, just awesome people, but everybody was so tired. I mean, it was like, you could just see the burnout in their faces and eyes. And I had been on my own growth and mindset journey. I'd gotten divorced when I was 28 and it really set me on a different path. I'd done a ton of work on myself went to therapy, had done all this mindset work. And I was just like, there's a better way. Like we can't, I was like, I've got a lot of years to work. Like I can't be this sad every day. So I started having conversations about 
how we felt and just really allowing my coworkers the space to be human. I think it's happening a lot more now. When I started this conversation, I did not hear people talking about it. And I was so nervous to even bring it up. But yeah, that's kind of how Nurses Inspire Nurses started. And I was like, I'm going to have a party. It's only for nurses. I put Nurses Inspire Nurses on a t-shirt on a complete whim. And here we are. (laughs) That is so amazing. And I feel like looking at your business now, one might not even think that that was the journey, you know, the fact that it wasn't like this big planned Mm -hmm. product-based business, you know, you've really evolved out of your own experience, which I think is super cool. For those who aren't familiar, give us like the overview of what Nurses Inspire Nurses is and looks like right now. Yeah, it's actually interesting because our foundation really hasn't changed. As much as we've evolved and grown, when I started And I don't know if this was the business woman in me, but I was like, we have three pillars. So we still have three pillars. The first is the community. That's everything we do. It's very community-based. I want someone to be able to interact with us, never pay us $1 and change the course of their life. So we have free resources. We have our virtual community. Before COVID, we did in-person coffee talks, in-person events, really just connecting nurses. I always say it's a safe place to be yourself. You could be like, nursing is the best thing to ever happen to me. I love it. I'm so excited to go to work. You could be like, I'm ready to quit tomorrow. Wherever you're at is great. So really the community is our first pillar. The second pillar is the shop. We are not this boutique trying to have the latest and greatest fashions. It's really our shop is a byproduct of the community and just saying that we believe we can support each other, inspire each other. Um, So, and a lot of people find us through the shop because they see nurses, inspire nurses, and they resonate with the message. So the shop is the second pillar. And then the third pillar is mentorship. Um, I always say that's like, we're getting married. You know, the community is like, we're dating, hanging out. Mentorship is like, we're in it. You're stuck with me. Um, And so that's a life transformation. And that's for nurses that really want to take action on something, whether it be a new career, a new path in life, maybe just their own self-care. And we run that program twice a year. So that's kind of how we have everything, I guess, divided out. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So I would love to go back to that point in your nursing career when you realized that you had to explore something different, you know, whether it was your mindset journey and how you were supporting other nurses. What was the first way that you worked with other people? Was it like casual conversations that evolved into kind of working in a mentorship program? What was like the catalyst and what did it look like at the very beginning? Yeah, I think two things. One, I think I've always had, I just, like, I I never intended that this would be a business. So I was just often like cat happy land using my natural (laughs) skills. And I was just, I have like this blogger side of me, my best friend and I, who actually works for me now, which is so funny. Um, She's our director of programs, Lauren, and runs our social. So a lot of people listening might even know her, but we used to have a blog and I've always had this kind of like influencer blogger style. And so I was like, why can't we, like, people want to help nurses, right? Like everybody, this is before COVID. I'm like, everybody loves nurses. Like, why are we not taking advantage of it? So I was, I had even reached out to some previous brands that I had worked with. And I was like, Hey, do you want to sponsor coffee for our unit? Like, I was just like, let's make it fun. Like we have to be here all night. Why are we going to just be so stressed out and miserable? You know? So I would like get us cold brews. I started just 
trying to make the environment better. I was like, let's have a potluck. Like everyone bring your favorite childhood cereal. Or like, I remember it was Valentine's day. And I was like, we're doing a Valentine card exchange. Like, you know, the like little cheap ones you buy at target. Like I just started making stuff up. So just making it a more fun environment. And then on the more serious side, I just started really asking people like, how are you feeling? Cause I knew I wasn't feeling good. And so I've always had this thought, like, I know if I'm feeling one way, other people have to be feeling similar. And so I did start having these conversations, but I realized work was not the right place to have these conversations because right, there's no time. I couldn't get to the point where like, I almost couldn't even hang my meds. I mean, obviously I did. So please no one worry about that. But I was like, guys, it's like one I have a two o'clock. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to be like getting so far behind or I was getting texts like on my way into work. Are you working tonight? We have to talk to you. It was like therapy hour with Kat. And I was like, wait a second. So then I started hosting these coffee talks again, because of my blogging background, I had known these bloggers to do like meetups. And I knew that I wanted to help nurses in real time So as like, this was even before I knew I would have a mentorship program, but I wanted to be able to almost like coach and mentor them on the spot. And I knew in order to do that, it had to be, you can't just read that in a book, you know, you have to be in person and do it. So I started, my boyfriend at the time was a coffee roaster. And so he had a coffee shop. So I was like, oh, we're going to have these coffee talks. I love that. Mm -hmm. So before you were a nurse and maybe even before you went to business school, when you were maybe even a kid, like, do you have a history of bringing people together and community building? Like, were you class president? Like what in your history or your childhood was kind of like the foreshadowing for who you are now? Because I really see you as someone who brings people together and fosters community. And oftentimes it's so interesting to hear what's in people's past that was foreshadowing of this. Totally. I've always been that person, but Um, I think the interesting part was more informally because I'm not unethical, but I'm more like rule breaker type. Like I don't really like structured things. So as far as like formal organizations, like even nursing committees and stuff, I just never have like fully jived with that. I think because I just have that. I just like to be on my own path, but um, I'm always the one bringing people together 100%. And even when I was a little girl, I was always a hustler. Like I had a paper route. Like I wanted to go to space camp. So I saved all my dad said he would take me if I saved all the money. And I did like, I saved, I would like return pop cans in Michigan. You can return pop cans for 10 cents. Like I was just crazy. Like if I wanted to do something, I was babysitting, I was wheeling and dealing. I mean, I was bargaining. Like even when I was in high school, I was a waitress and I'll never forget. People wanted to take smoke breaks. And this is like dating myself when you could even like still smoke in restaurants. I wouldn't care. I would just be like, oh, I'll take all your tables. Like I was like, go around like, oh, do you need a break? I'll take your table. (laughs) I was always a hustler, but then also same bringing people together. Like, Hey, let's do this. Oh, I don't know this person. Oh, I do. I'll ask. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know. Tipping point. Have you ever read the tipping point by Malcolm Gladwell? No, but I'm going to put it on my list right now. Well, I don't know if you know Malcolm Gladwell. He's like, just look him up. He's like very, very, um, it's a very different kind of book. The tipping point is actually super fascinating. It's an older book, but to read now with a pandemic, it talks about different kinds of people. Like you have a maven and you have a connector and I'm definitely a connector. So I want to talk a little bit about your stepping back from bedside nursing, like clinical nursing and deciding that this business was really 
your big thing? Like, was that difficult? What did it look like? Did you ever feel like you were straddling two worlds? I know I personally have gone through that and I love to hear kind of how other nurse business owners have gone through that transition. Yeah, I I did, but I think um, I didn't feel any judgment about it. I think I think there's a lot of different schools of thought around this. I think in the entrepreneur world, it's very glamorized, like quit your job, quit your nine to five, blah, blah, blah. I think it's different for nurses. I think nurses are the luckiest people on the planet because I think we have a ton of flexibility. I think we have a ton of stability. I could go get a job tomorrow. So, I mean, what risks do I have? I mean, these are things I just tell my brain, but even before I was ever doing this as a business, I mean, this just speaks to who I am, but I got my own insurance very long time ago, probably like, I mean, ever since I lived back here in Detroit, so like four and a half years ago, I had my own insurance. I worked PRN. I worked multiple jobs because I wanted to piece together my schedule. So I worked PRN at the hospital. I did community nursing, um, flu clinics, HEPA clinics. I did phone assessments from home. So I think I've always been very focused on how I want to feel and this is later on after I've kind of went through my own personal growth journey, but I never felt like a slave to the hospital or what I had to do or what was expected. So I really didn't feel any tension with it. Like I had three employees and I was still doing flu clinics because I just liked it. And I also wanted to get my hair done and get Botox. So I was like, then I got to do flu. You know what I mean? Like, it's just whatever kind of lifestyle you want to have. One of my really good friends that I share my warehouse with, she doesn't care. She's like, Oh, I'll go here and not get my hair done. I'm like, Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so I think to me, I think there's, I think you have to decide what's important to you, what you're willing to sacrifice, what kind of life you want to live. Like I also was investing in product, which is very different than if you're just a service-based business. Right. So I funded myself. (laughs) So I had to, I mean, I was working to be like, okay, I have to buy this product. I have a debt-free business. I mean, that's how I wanted to to run. So that was my prerogative, but everyone's different. Sorry, that's not fully answering your question, but <laughs> no, no, totally. No, I I love that because what I'm hearing is you essentially reverse engineered your entire lifestyle, you know, and I feel like this is such a difficult concept for a lot of nurses to grasp because we are kind of taught in school that there's this traditional way of doing things and you kind of have to fit into this box of, all right, are you going to work 12-hour shifts at the hospital or are you going to have an office job or are you going to be an NP and work in a clinic? And the the concept of, okay, well, why don't you work backwards from what you want your life to look like can be very, very foreign when we're kind of saying this for the first time, because this is, I know this is a big part of what you teach in your mentorship experience. This is what I help people with. (laughs) I know, like, this is exactly what you help people with. And, you know, even for me, like on the career side with NPs, you know, I'm trying to make sure that people are making decisions with their self in the center of that kind of decision-making process, as opposed to the career in the center, because, you know, that might not always be the right way to make your decisions. Because if you're not happy outside of your job, you're probably not going to be happy at your job either. So I love that that was, that was also like what you did in order to achieve your success. Yeah. 
I love that actually. And I think it's such a good point you brought up. And I think it's also very eye-opening for me because I'm so deep. I'm like, yeah, duh, but you're right. We don't naturally think that way. And I've spent a lot of time retraining my mind. But the interesting thing is it's not about nursing because if you are not happy with yourself and then you go to start your business, guess what goes with you to your business? You and your unhappy self. So you will just repeat the same things you were unhappy with in nursing or whatever it is you're doing. You'll just take into the next job, the next, you know, thing with your business. And it's so funny because I'm still, I'm still on a growth journey and figuring it all out and working on things. But I will say I got very happy with nursing first and I was not in attention with it. I had the, I had the view that it was my teammate. And I was like, now this is going to fund my dream and the next thing. And and we'll evolve and do the next thing. Like you might not have a podcast 10 years from now. That's okay. Like, I think we just have to give ourselves permission. Like it's not forever. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. And I feel like I'm learning this more and more that we have to learn to trust ourselves and the decisions that we make. And that is really hard because we're conditioned not to do that. We're conditioned to ask permission for every little thing, like starting from school age, right? Like we need permission to go to the bathroom and permission to, you know, do cursive versus, you know, non-cursive handwriting on an assignment and all these things that it just kind of, I don't know, trains us to be seeking validation from other people and ask permission. And then all of a sudden we're adults and we get to make those decisions on our own. And it's really easy to continue that behavior of, well, I'm not really sure what I should do. So let me kind of look to someone else to give me the permission or the validation of what I'm doing. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We're on the same page. (laughs) I feel that very deeply. (laughs) So what I want to talk about and what I was hoping you would share with my listeners, recently uh, in your stories, you had this great discussion about external versus internal problems Mm -hmm. and solutions. And I would love if you would share a little bit about that and we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So what I've seen after mentoring hundreds of nurses, and I know from my own personal journey one of the biggest realizations I had and that I think we all need to have and ask ourselves, literally, I'm going through a whole growth journey right now. And I was just asking myself this over the weekend. We so often are looking for an external solution to fix an internal problem because it's easier. And because you have to think like it's science. It's our brain's job to keep us safe. So your brain is going to naturally, the second you get uncomfortable, like your brain doesn't know the difference between public speaking and putting your hand on on the hot stove. It is just meant to keep you safe. So when we have emotional insecurity, which could be asking for a raise, wanting to start a new job, having a difficult conversation with your partner, your brain's going to start talking all this noise and being crazy. And more often than not looking for an external solution. So an example of this would be, I hear a lot of my mentees say, I'm unhappy with my job. I think I'm going to go back to school. I need to switch units. I need to X, Y, and Z. If I had more letters behind my name, I would feel better. And I have no issue going back to school. Some people, that is a great solution. However, if we never deal with the root of what's happening, we're just putting a Band-Aid and guess exactly what I said earlier. Guess what goes with you to every single thing? You. It's the same thing in relationships. Like 
if I look back over my past relationships, I'm like, hmm, took that same problem with me to every single one. <laughs> and so an external solution would just be like breaking up and being like, oh, that's, this is not working. I need to find someone else. Well, actually, no, Kat. Um, the issue is probably within you. So it is just easier, I feel, to look for these external things like, oh, when I make this amount of money, I'll feel better. Oh, when I move, I'll feel better. But I always tell my mentees, we have to fix us first because the truth is you can be happy with $10, $100, $1,000. You can be happy, you know, working on the worst unit versus what you think is your dream job when you're happy. And it's really not about any of the external things. It's just our brain telling us that it is, which is so crazy. Yeah, I part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I am also seeing this a lot, like on the career side of things, yes. particularly with a lot of nurses who decide to go to school to become an NP because there was something wrong. Like they didn't necessarily come to that conclusion for the right reasons, maybe. And the reason why I'm saying that is because what happens is they become an NP and then they're working and they realize that they're still unhappy. <laughs> they're still unhappy. And then they come to me with their resume so that they can find a better job. And, you know, part of that work is okay, well, let's examine why you are so unhappy or let's examine why you've had three jobs in the past year that you've been miserable in. And when you dig a little deeper, come to find out it's not the job. It's the fact that, you know, the same problem that they had when they were a nurse was not solved by becoming an NP. And I'm not saying that's the case for everybody, of course, but it happens often enough that I think this is an important conversation to have. And a lot of times it's, it happens too late. It happens after people have spent, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on going to school and kind of uprooted their whole lives to change the external situation. So I guess I'm wondering, like, what is the first step to figuring out whether what you have is an internal or an external problem? That's a great question. And the number one thing I'm going to say is to put your, I want to say a lot of cuss words, I'm not going to put your phone down and get in tune with yourself and not what everyone else is telling you. Mm. Because this is such a huge issue. I and personally, even implementing new boundaries, uh, even although I have a team in help with social media and like my phone in general, because I can promise you, you can't even hear what you want or need because just look at how much time you spend on your phone. And we're, how are you asking other people? What should I do? What does your boyfriend want you to do? What does your roommate want you to do? What does your parents want you to do? Like, we're so focused on what everyone else in society is telling us to do. We don't even know what's in our heart. I tell my mentees, do you know what I want you to do? I want you to work per diem and make more money and then just go work part-time at Starbucks and you'd probably be happy. Do you want to go work at Nordstrom and get a discount? Because probably I see that you want to do that. Like <laughs> we're so not in tune with what is actually in our heart. So we have to, we have to get quiet first. The number one thing I tell all of my mentees is you have to decide. Then the second piece is once you get quiet you have to decide how you want to feel before everyone else tells you how you need to feel. So to me, it's not about the job, the relationship, any of that. It's a feeling. So I think about how I want to feel. And then is this job going to give me that feeling? Only each of us individually know the answer to that question, but it's not about the job, right? So like an, an example of this, if it's confusing, would be like, 
people say, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, why? It's not about a number on a scale. That's literally just a number that you're looking at, but it's how it's going to make you feel. So why? You can keep asking yourself, why, 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 why? Okay, because I want to wear these jeans. Why do you want to wear those jeans? Because they make me feel confident. Okay, so you want to feel confident. It's not about a number on a scale. It's that you want to feel confident. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think that we need to, like listening to ourselves is how we can peel back those layers. But like to your point, there's just so much noise. There's so much noise online, on social media, even noise from whatever job that we have. Like what I see is really difficult is, and I'm sure you see this too with your mentees, like sometimes the noise just from working a full-time job, plus maybe also like being a spouse or a parent or whatever outside of work, it's so difficult to really tune in and, you know, just to relate it with an experience that I had When I started the business, I was working part-time, 20 hours, and I had two kids. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I got pregnant with my third and took time off from work, I had to move. So I, I actually quit my job and I had an extended period of time off, which I've never gone back to yet. The baby's one, but that's another story. (laughs) Um, But it's only in like this past year of not having a 20 hour a week hospital job that I've even had the space to listen to myself and to explore that voice so that I can ask myself, how do I want to feel? Because just the noise of working part-time plus having two kids and a business, you know, and being a wife was, I mean, there was no time or space for that. Like I don't even know how I got everything done, let alone like prioritized time to think for myself. So it's, it's really hard when you're already doing all the things as opposed to when you kind of have a blank slate. Yeah. And I think too, the one thing I found, oh, this is, I'm literally going through it right now, just in a different way is it's so scary. I think to listen to yourself or ask these questions because It's very, very uncomfortable to step back when you don't know the next step, right? Like we want to quit something and then have something to say that we're going to fill it. So like your brain wants to be like, oh, I'm quitting this job, but I'm starting this business and I'm doing this or like, I'm going back to school and I'm going to work here part-time. Like it's very rare that you hear people say, yeah, I'm looking to quit my job. No clue what I'm going to do next. I just know that this is not making me happy because that's uncomfortable, but I always like try to use parallels, like for examples, to see a different perspective. I think about relationships. If you're in some terrible relationship with an awful partner, you're not going to get into a great relationship until you break up with that one and wait for something new to come, right? I mean, usually if your focus is on the terrible relationship, you might need to end that and be alone before you can get in another one. And it's the same thing with our careers. I think it's just very, very uncomfortable and scary to be like, oh, what's coming? What's out there for me? But something will. Hey, friend, have you heard that you should be using LinkedIn, but you have no idea where to start? You are not alone. And if that's you, I would love to invite you to a live workshop that I am teaching coming up on Wednesday, November 18th. By the end of the workshop and our time together, you will have created your profile and learned how to use it to network professionally. 
and you'll even have made your first batch of nursing connections. Let me show you why LinkedIn is one of the most powerful social media tools out there and why you really can't afford not to be using it. So I hope to see you on Wednesday, November 18th. You can learn more and snag your spot at theresumerx.com slash LinkedIn. That's theresumerx.com slash LinkedIn, all one word. I'll see you there. Now back to the episode. Yeah, totally. I definitely agree with you. And I, I love that analogy of, of the relationship. I also think too, it's important to note that like our society has made the circumstances around making those decisions very difficult, right? Because even just being able to say, all right, I'm going to quit my job and listen to myself and see what comes along next and what I really want to do. Like that comes with a tremendous amount of privilege, right? Like, because there's also things like health insurance and not everybody has, you know, the financial stability to be able to even take, you know, a couple weeks off from work. So many people are going from one job to another, not because of the external, you know, problem fix, but because they, you know, physically can't survive unless they have back-to-back jobs. And I feel like that is making things a lot more complicated. And, you know, I think about, you know, the time off that I've had for maternity leave as an example, and how that's such a brief period of time in this country, but also like a time that's really needed to listen to yourself and decide what's next and what's right. But, you know, not only is there so much noise, but there's that whole other layer making things even more difficult. 100%. Um, and that's something like I'll, I'll help my mentees do that are interested in this. Like even with finances, like asking yourself, how much money do I want to make? What What is important to me? Like where am I exactly? Like am I paying for stuff I don't need? Like how can I get my expenses down? And, and again, there's always going to be those situations. But I think asking yourself those questions are so important. That's a thing. I think it's a huge problem with social media because I think we, you know, we don't see the whole picture. We don't see, it's just such a small window into what's actually happening. And I felt that like when people are like, oh my gosh, like, look at all you've done. I'm like, you didn't see that I woke up at 4am to send emails before I worked a 12 hour shift. You didn't see me staying up until one and two in the morning and like getting up at 445 if I wanted to work out. And like, you know what I mean? Like you just don't see all that. And it takes time, you know, when you decide, Oh, maybe I do want to be on this different path or I do want to create space. That also takes time. It's not just like, Oh, I'm going to create space. Oh, I'm going to make more money. Like, no, it's a process and you have to give yourself grace in that process. Yeah, definitely. I think that's such a good point because a lot of people will see, you know, will observe kind of the immediate before and after and not like the whole process that went into, you know, making that decision and and setting up one's own situation so that pivot, whatever that pivot is, can happen. And I think that's a really great point too in that, you know, while you're creating space to listen to what's next, you can also be behind the scenes fixing or manipulating your circumstances to align with that kind of ultimate yes. move, ultimate goal. Yeah. I'm like, I was, I was in a relationship at the time, but we weren't married. He was a business owner too. <laughs> I made way more money. Like we had a house. 
you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like I, I would have loved to be like, oh, I have a partner that I can rely on. And I, not, I could rely on him in different ways. He's an amazing person. I'm not saying that, but like financially that wasn't my story. And that was fine. Like it took me a long time. That's fine. I would love to talk a little bit more about social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is, okay, hot- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot to say. I would love to know if you're willing to share, what do your social media boundaries look like these days? Oh, that's a very good question because I'm implementing some new ones. So, um, that's a great question. I, have you seen the social dilemma documentary? Yes. Okay. I highly recommend watching that if someone hasn't seen it, but, um, that's a great question. So the one boundary that I've had for a while, like I'm talking like years is I have no notifications on my phone. That's like step one. And I highly recommend that for anyone listening. If you have, like, I don't have email. It's so funny because there's certain people I'm crazy. I don't, I hardly ever give out my number, but like my screen printer is one person. When he emails me, he texts me and is like, hey, I emailed you because he knows I have no notifications on Instagram, Facebook, bank. I literally have no, the only notifications I have on are my Shopify store because I always get excited for sales and text. And I don't even have the text words come up. I just have the name because I never want to be like distracted in a conversation or like if I see something, um, I don't have an Apple watch. Like I don't, I purposely don't. Um, so turning off notifications, I've done that for years. I wouldn't even sleep at night if I hadn't have done that. And then I never check my phone in the morning. Um, I don't check my email. I don't check my bank. I don't, uh, it's so funny. Even my team will be like, did you see this? I'm like, nope, didn't see it yet. I have no qualms about posting at a certain time. Um, I don't care about the algorithm. I just don't care. I don't think it matters. I think it's all energy and I'm not going to be a slave to my phone. That being said, the new boundary that I'm having is I have shown up consistently for like over probably four years now. Like I've never truly taken a day off, which is like mind blowing. This is very timely. Yesterday was the first day. I I think it's been almost four years. I figured yesterday was the first day that I did not get on social media at all. I didn't even open Instagram. And it was like the first night in a really long time that I've slept through the entire night. And I'm like, Hmm, probably a big correlation. Also in mentorship, we're talking about, so I brought on my best friend, Lauren, that I mentioned, and she said this quote, and it's so true when we're consuming, we can't process. And so if you think about that, we're consuming all day at work, right? Like we're consuming other people, like we're talking, it's very highly stimulated. If you're watching TV, you're consuming. So if you come home from work and you turn on an hour Netflix show, and then you lay in bed for an hour on social media, think about all the consuming you've done all day and your brain has never been able to process that. Then what do you do again the next day? And then what do you do again the next day? Like we're consuming so much it doesn't matter if it's even positive things. That's what people don't realize. Like, like, oh, I have all these people muted or I unfollow. It doesn't matter. You're still consuming. So we cannot process. And so I have, I'm obviously very open. Like people still DM nurse inspired nurses thinking I run it. People think I have all run all the emails. I'm like, there's eight people on our team. I mean, <laughs> no. So our mentorship account and nurses inspire nurses team is responsible for it. There are certain days, like I take over nurses, inspire nurses to give 
other people a break because it's also not fair to have someone else on there seven days a week. But I'm, I'm implementing a lot of boundaries with my own account. I'm not exactly sure what that will look like, but I can promise that there will be full days where I will not be posting on stories. I think what I've realized is like running this team now, I'm doing so much business in real life. I'm not just an online business, if that makes sense. Nurses inspire nurses, 100%. We will always, because that's become the main thing. And my account is not anymore. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm really happy that you shared that. I appreciate that. And I think that the point you make about when we're consuming, we're not processing is huge. And I don't know if you noticed this yesterday on your social media break day, but I also feel like it stifles our innate creativity. Yes. So it is a problem. And I consistently notice on days when I like actually take a day off from either work or social media or whatever, or just create more white space in my calendar, the ideas flow. Like (laughs) all of this, I just get all these like downloads, (laughs) these divine downloads from the universe of these creative ideas of ways that I can, you know, help people in my business, ways that I can show up better in my personal life, just like all sorts of creativity just come to me when I create that space away from technology or tasks or obligation. But there's also a conflicting part for me too. Like we as entrepreneurs get this message of you have to be visible. You have to be showing up. You need to be front of mind if you want to grow your business. And that takes a huge toll on, you know, needing to show up every day and either be on stories or answer DMs or even answer emails. Like it's, it's a lot for it to be every day when you feel like there's no kind of time away from it. So it's definitely a conflict. It is. And it's scary. And I'm just going to be honest about that. It is scary. This kind of like brings us full circle. It is scary. That's just the bottom line. Um, because you've built something like I pay eight people, including myself. So that's like, you know, sometimes keeps me up at night because I'm like, oh my God, these people, they're relying on me. But it goes back to how we want to feel. And so what is the point of doing this? And what is the point of me telling all of these nurses, you're a human first, we're here to support you on all of this. If I'm like, can't function because like, if I can't even go on a date, because I'm so tired and because I have no energy and like life is passing me by. Yes. I have hustled for a very long time. And there's like, I think we're all in different stages of our journey. Right. So like, that's the other thing we can't compare, but I'm 35 and I don't want to wake up at 40 and be like, Oh, I've spent six hours a day on social and six hours a day in my email and working and managing a team. And we have 150 people on this team, but like, I don't know who I am and I haven't went on a vacation and I don't date. And I don't like, what is the point of that? I'm not going to sell my soul. So this is how I think about it. Um, and I don't know really where this came from, but it's like a very good thing to ask yourself when you feel like you're a slave to something. Like when I feel like I'm a slave to Instagram or I'm a slave to my DMs or all of this, that's a problem. Like I need Instagram to work for me. I don't work for Instagram, right? So I need to have that elevation of thought. Like this is a tool for my business. I control it. 
This Mm -hmm. does not own me. My DMs don't own me. I show up. I offer massive value every single day. You can get value in your email. You can get value on our resource page. You can get value all these places. Like you can, maybe you need to see a therapist in real life. Like I cannot be responsible for all these people because then I'm a slave to it. Right? Like this is a tool that works for me. I don't work for you. That's my mindset. Yeah. No, I love that. But that's how I feel. I love that. And especially because I feel like you are teaching about healthy boundaries to your audience. That's a huge message of yours, you know, in terms of boundaries with how work relates to your personal life. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like in order to teach that, you have to also be willing to take the message yourself yeah. and implement it. And and I've seen that too, because I I often feel very obligated to answer messages right away. And the thing is, I feel like we will be more respected and more respectable if we are practicing those boundaries. Because I've been on the other end of that where, you know, I've messaged someone who I know is very busy or who is an influencer or whatever. And if they respond right away, I'm like, wait, you respond to your DMs like right away. Aren't you off living your elevated life that you are (laughs) showcasing? So it's almost like when I get a autoresponder email, for example, over the weekend that says, you know, we're practicing what we preach and we take healthy boundaries and weekends are for family. We'll get to your message on Monday. I'm like, that's awesome. You know, and I like respect that person even more. So it's totally this mindset shift of getting over the fact that, you know, people will be okay with us exercising our own boundaries because it means that we're modeling that good behavior. Yeah. And the people that aren't, it's because they don't have boundaries. I heard this quote, the only people that don't respect your boundaries are people that don't have any. I'm like, yes, that is true. I love that. Like, it's true though. Think about it. I will never forget. So I moved with my mentorship program. One of the boundaries I set, this was like a while ago, probably almost a year ago. I said, I only do calls on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't do calls on Monday, Friday because it just got so scattered. And then I'd like, I'd have a two hour block and then call. Like, like it was just a mess. And so I'll never forget one of my mentees. She's so sweet. She was like, this is amazing. She's like, good for you. Like she was like pumping me up. And I was like, I was like, thank you. That means you have boundaries too. I love it. And the people that get pissed, it's because they, I'm like, good. You need some boundaries. Yeah. Oh, love it. Yeah. Love it. Try it on for size. That's what I always say. You know, like I think I will never forget when I was a new grad, there was a charge nurse and she was just like the boundary queen. And she was like, I love saying no and all this stuff. And I was just like, I never say no. And I was like, so afraid. But I would just say, if you, this comes up all the time, boundaries and things like this. And people think I probably have a lot of boundaries, which I do now, but like, you have to start small. Like just try, just try saying no and seeing how it feels. Like so often, even when you order a drink at Starbucks and they make it wrong, you're like, oh, it's fine. I don't care. No, just say that's not what you wanted. Like to someone you don't even know, like try exercising it with a stranger, try verbalizing something like when someone wants you to pick up a shift and you're just like, no, you can't just say, actually, like, I'd love to help you another time, but I'm sorry, I can't that day. Or just like, you know, you can start small. You don't have to start like implementing all the craziest boundaries tomorrow. No, that's so true. And, and 
implementing boundaries doesn't mean being mean. To clarify for anyone listening, you know, like if your first boundary is you are going to say no to the overtime shift or or no to picking up, you know, you don't have to be (laughs) nasty about it. You can actually very kindly, (laughs) you can very kindly say no. Uh, And it's a good exercise because... It's, I mean, it's very difficult for me. I'm definitely a people pleaser and a recovering perfectionist. Um, so I, I totally get that. But starting small is really helpful and coming up with a way to comfortably say no, that feels good to you, you know, and you don't have to necessarily give an excuse or, or qualify your no, but at least finding a way that's comfortable for you to say it can be really helpful. Yep. That's actually great advice. And I have my mentees do that. I call it like a script. So like you need to script what you want to say, because we know these situations are going to come up. You know, someone's going to approach you and be like, I need you to work this Saturday. What do you like harassing you? And you, and I even like say by yourself time, like maybe your line is like, let me check my calendar. I'll get back with you. If you don't even feel comfortable saying no right away, like you don't have to be on the spot. Maybe it's a family thing. Like you 100% need to know what you're going to say and practice it. It's the same thing. Why do we practice codes? Because in the emergency, you need to have that muscle memory. It's the same thing when we're put on the spot and it's an emotional. That's what I'm saying. Your brain does not know the difference between these emotional things and physical things. So it's the same thing why we have, why you have to get checked off on a code cart and have mock codes. You need to also practice these things that are very hard to do. Yeah, definitely. I, I teach that with negotiation and, and accepting a job offer, you know, like when you are offered a job, a lot of people end up, especially if they're in person and they they get a job offer right away, which is great, by the way, that's an awesome thing to happen. <laughs> but a lot of times out of excitement, there's the reflexive yes. Totally. And uh, one of the things to do is to have a little script basically saying, thank you so much for this general, this generous job offer. I'd like to take some time to consider it and I will get back to you, you know, on such and such a date, you know, thanking them and saying, you know, I will consider this is that's what my script is when I'm trying to not say yes right away. And I feel like it definitely can buy you some time. hundred percent. You have to do that. I teach my mentees the same thing. Yeah. Well, Kat, let's wrap this up. I'm so, so grateful for your time. This has been such a fun discussion tell my listeners, if they don't already know where to find you and connect with you, where would you like them to find you? Um, nurses Inspire Nurses Everything. So yeah, just nurseinspirednurses.com, Instagram. My Instagram is catgolden.inspires, but um, if I don't respond to your team, <laughs> by the way, don't get offended. Um, I'm going to make a coupon code too for the shop for anyone listening to this, if that's okay with you. Is that all right? Oh, that would be so awesome. I know. Okay, I'll make love that. Code, um, resume RX and it'll be for $5 off anything in the Nurses Inspired Nurses shop. So you can get $5 free code resume RX. Um, yeah, I'll do that for you. Awesome, Kat. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And I just, I love knowing you. I love watching your business grow and it's just so fun. So thank you. It's mutual. Thank you. 
Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.